Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome to the IAB UK podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler with the latest episode in our Meet the Founder series, where I get to talk to the founders themselves about the highs and lows of starting a new digital advertising business. How true they've remained to their initial vision, what they might do differently if they had their time again. This week, I talked to VoiceWorks founder, Sophie Hind. VoiceWorks, for those unaware, are a voice technology and audio production company. They do everything from creating skills for Alexa to full-blown sonic branding strategies. Sophie's career is fascinating too. She spent almost 14 years in radio at Global doing a whole variety of different roles before setting VoiceWorks up in 2018. We talk about brands that are really getting it right when it comes to audio, how the conversation around audio and voice more generally has moved on, and whether or not she has any regrets. And spoiler alert, she very refreshingly doesn't. But I started by asking Sophie to give us her overview of exactly what VoiceWorks does. So best way to describe what we do, I think, is um, we're a voice technology an audio content production business. Uh, that's what we started out to focus on. Um, so we produce short form and long form audio for brands, for publishers, for sports rights holders. We create everything to do with voice technology, so Alexa skills and Google Actions. But we also layer on that advice around marketing, discoverability, but also how to mm. commercialise your content. Mm. And how uh, how has it developed? I mean, when did you set the business up? We set the business up almost three years ago. Um, so 2018, 2018, 2019, yeah. So you were well clear. You, I mean, you were very much pre, uh, pre-pandemic, which is, a, which is a good thing, although maybe we'll get into uh, uh, sort of managing and leading a business through the pandemic. But has it, has it changed since 2018 in terms of the types of conversations that you're having with, with clients? Massively. So when we started, um, I saw this huge opportunity with the explosion of voice technology, mm. with the explosion of content, and you know, built, started to build the business, started to build our product offering. You know, was running around the country talking to people, and and at that point, actually, I now realise, looking back, we were kind of ahead of ourselves. You yeah. know, I, I kind yeah. of thought this is it. Everybody's going to be building. <laughs> voice technology and everybody's going to understand why they need an audio strategy which is you know the the core of what we do yeah and actually we did a a big event tour just pre-pandemic we went around the country and Mm. in fact the last two places i was in before lockdown were dublin and glasgow and we did some big events for for clients and agencies where we talked about all of this stuff and and i now realize that yeah we were quite early um and Mm. what's changed now i think is you know, kind of a couple of years on, people really start to, are starting to understand why they need audio and, and what voice technology is. But standing in front of a big room of people yeah. and kind of going, who's got an Alexa in their home? You now see kind of 70 or 80% of hands raised, whereas a couple of years ago you wouldn't. And it's, um, and I guess it's how we're using it as well. I, I, I remember being in those sorts of rooms and, you know, people would say, you know, you get lots of hands go up, but, you know, people are saying well, it's sort of a, glorified radio or it's uh you know i use it for fun things with the kids but i think more and more as we've gone on particularly as we've been at home more we are getting more sophisticated with how we're using these things um that probably didn't stop a bunch of 
a, a bunch of advertisers saying, I think we need a skill. We need something for uh, Alexa. And everyone kind of jumped on that bandwagon. Did you sense that when it's sort of something new comes along, everyone wants to build something for it? Yeah, it was it was very like um, when the mobile phone came along yeah, yeah, and everybody yeah. realised that they needed an app <laughs> and you had the kind of early adopters <laughs> and lots of sort of cynics and then suddenly everyone's like, no, we're having it. We're going to have an app. Mm. We're going to have an app. And mm. we're not there yet with voice. So there are lots of brands that went quite early but didn't perhaps think through why they were doing it. You yeah. know, the, the purpose is the really important bit. Mm. And then what you also saw was lots of novelty skills. Mm. So because kids are such huge users of voice, yeah. you know, anything novelty, games, anything repetitive, you know, there's, there's a lot of skills in the skills store that kind of cover those areas. But what we're seeing now is much more thoughtful, mm. kind of purpose-driven skills that are designed to you know, make something that you already do easier. And I'm sure we'll come on to talk about you know, why you should or shouldn't kind of move into this area if you're a brand. Yeah. I mean, why did you get into this area? I mean, you had a, a glittering career in radio. I mean, you were almost 14 years at, uh, at Global, which amazing company. You had HR, IT, operations to go from that into something that's that's just your own. I mean, what, what drew you to it? It's a great question. I mean, yeah, Global's an amazing company. And I th- I think the art, the short answer is I've always wanted to have my own business mm. from a very young age. But I've been lucky enough to work in some amazing businesses. And when you're happy in a job yeah. and it's constantly changing and evolving, it's very, very hard to leave. You know, so I started life in ITV, which was amazing at the time and loads of fun. And then I went to radio and really fell in love with audio and never looked back. But I think I was lucky at Global that my job did evolve. You know, at mm. one point I was in commercial, then I was the MD of three radio stations for a while. Then I moved into a kind of change management and strategy role. And I was just lucky. I'm I'm one of these people that always needs something new. Right. I like yeah, new, yeah. I like change, I like improving. So a lot of my job in the last few years was about helping deliver change, whether that was co-location when regulation changed and Mm. closing some regional buildings equipping the commercial guys with new technology um, training development yeah you name it I worked on it but I got to the point where I was like no I've got to I've got to do something for me now and I was really excited about what was happening in audio especially Mm. having spent years in London talking to media agencies kind of saying you know and trying to get radio to bust out of this kind of six seven percent medium uh, and then suddenly seeing these podcast listening figures absolutely exploding the voice technology exploding at the same time and for me it was quite simple I just thought right new channels to deliver new content and audio is fitting perfectly into the way that people live their lives now Mm. people want stuff on demand voice technology gives you kind of audio on demand in a way that radio doesn't, uh, particularly speech-led. You know, it's so immersive. Yeah. It's so good for advertisers. So I just thought there was a massive opportunity. Yeah. And um, it, it, in a strange way, you know, you look at um, a parallel with the car industry in that actually it's taken someone who isn't in cars like Tesla to really innovate and kick on before its time. And in a weird way with those radio stations, it... It was a Spotify or an Acast in podcasting. It was 
uh, other perhaps sort of digital native businesses that really drove this on. I mean, Amazon really had no right to go and play an audio and create a smart speaker as did Google. You'd have expected perhaps years ago those things to come from uh, the, the, the Bowers and the Globals. Um, but everyone's kind of playing well. I mean, it's just it has become such a developed I hate using the word ecosystem, but it kind of really is now. I mean, you've talked about some of the things there. Uh, what, what's the what's the thing that excites you? I mean, you talked about the different sort of flavours of what you do. What What's the thing that gets you most excited? I think just getting brands to understand that in terms of their communication and marketing strategy, um, they're really only playing to one of the senses most of the time. Mm. So... I spend a lot of my time, about half of our business is focused on sports because, again, perfect opportunity for audio. Um, One of the, you know, one of the challenges with audio is you can create a great podcast or a great piece of short form audio, but it's the discoverability that people need to work hard with sports rights holders. They've got the the perfect opportunity. They've got these huge engaged audiences of fans. They've got massive social media following. They've got loads of assets. And they've got people that want more content. Hence, you know, we're spending a lot of time working in that area as well as mainstream brands. So I think what gets me excited is sitting down with a client and understanding what their strategy is Mm. and then helping them see how audio feeds into that. Because, you know, too many people just rely on visual and, you know, auditory is one of the main ways that we consume anything as human beings. And and where do you... Where do you sort of fit into the process? Have you found yourself, um, as the companies become uh, more mature and grown up, are you in now at those strategic conversations, you know, right at the beginning rather than, like anything new, I, I, I was in mobile for many years and remember those times and everyone wanted an app and you kind of get shuffled into the room at the end of a pitch and you do your little mobile thing and you go and you get the test and learn budgets or whatever it might be it it feels like we're not in that space now it feels like uh, I don't know you you tell me you're having those slightly more strategic conversations yeah it's it's an interesting question a couple of years ago definitely we were pitching for the innovation budget Mm, mm. and it was kind of who who's the right person to talk to is it the digital team Yeah, yeah is it the innovation team is it the tech team is it the marketing and the comms team and the answer has been all of them (laughs) So I think what we're finding is we've had to navigate our way around that. So if we're working with agencies and we partner with lots of agencies, whether that's media agencies, sports Mm. marketing agencies, they will often bring us in on a brief um, and then we just partner with them on the kind of audio or the voice tech part of the brief, which will feed into a wider strategy. With some brands direct, we will will be brought in earlier to the process. But I, I do think we're on a journey. We're not completely yet, there yet. And many brands have still yet to develop a proper audio strategy. You know, So it's great because the, the opportunity is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who do you think smashing it out of the park? And I remember listening to the MasterCard CMO and he was talking about audio identity uh, and other things where, you know, um, people have really, really thought about it and have been playing in it in a long time. Um, uh, who, who for you is up there in terms of sort of gold standard who's doing well in audio? Could could be someone you're, you're working with. It's a difficult question to answer in the sense that it, it does depend what mm. their objectives are. If we, you know, if we start with audio branding and things like sonic identity, 
and bespoke music. I think MasterCard is a great example. And, and what I love about what they did was they removed their name from their logo at yeah, the same yeah, time, yeah. Yeah. which I thought was really bold. Yeah, yeah. They realised that people were looking at the brand on small screens or interacting via voice. And what I think they did brilliantly was, yeah, they invested heavily. They have a Sonic logo, they have music, but I love the point of sale functional sounds that they incorporated. And I get quite excited about functional sounds. You know, car manufacturers spend a lot of time thinking about the thud of the door or Mm. the sound of the indicator. And for me, a true audio branding strategy is not just a Sonic logo. It is thinking about all the different touch points with your consumer. So if you were a sports stadium, why don't you have music and branding in every part of the stadium, Mm. wherever you are Mm. on your journey? And you need to incorporate that whole soundscape. So I think MasterCard is a good example. For me, I would say my my favourite sonic identity from a personal point of view is Netflix. Yes. Because it's so identifiable, that Mm. doo-doo. And for me, it always brings this sense of excitement because I know that I'm about to relax, watch something great or horrific, depending if my (laughs) husband's chosen it. But, you know, it's that kind of just, you Mm. you just get that sense of anticipation. Um, But in terms of other brands, you know, we've done some, we did some really nice work with Talk Talk and Heart last year. Mm. We created an Alexa skill and actually we're just in the second wave of um, development on that again this year. But it, what I loved about that piece of work was it was an Alexa skill, but it was audio and video. So we mm. created two versions because voice doesn't necessarily mean screenless. You know, there's lots of devices yeah, with screens yeah. now as well. And it was fun. It had it was a Christmas related uh, skill. It had jokes for kids. It had recipes. It was voiced by Kelly Brook, you know, one of the heart presenters. Yeah, so yeah. it had the kind of showbiz. It had all the beautiful heart kind of audio branding but we worked really really hard with the user journey and the interaction so that was a lovely project for us to work on um i mean i could, oh god i could go on forever i think <laughs> a good example of um a sort of an opportunity for innovation with skills is gaming mm. and a few years ago amazon did something with a game called destiny 2 and they produced a voice element with Alexa that the user could download. So you could, you know, while you were gaming via voice, kind of contact your friends and bring them into oh, the nice. game. Mm. You could ask the game to anticipate what was coming next. You could kind of reload your gun. So it brought in a whole different mm. layer to something which is quite kind of physical and visual. So I think that's a great example as well. I, I want to ask you about... Um about podcasts specifically because we've just come out of um a couple of weeks ago we ran our own podcast up front which was the third year running it seems to get better and better every year and the the sense the sense you get from that is that particularly uk podcasting is just in such rude health at the moment um i mean when you when you look at the production companies and the, and the platforms around it what's um what, what's your take specifically on on podcasting uh in the uk uh, you know may, maybe and, and perhaps touching on some of the behavioral stuff that's gone on in lockdown i mean some of the reports kind of wrote it off to begin with because we lost commutes podcasting in the uk and globally is is in a really great place mm. um we work across the world not just uk and um you know it's been really exciting to see what's happening elsewhere the us is ahead but i mm. think there's a billion podcast listeners worldwide now Jeez. you know yeah. over a billion pounds worth of ad revenue yeah, yeah 
expected, I think, 1.3 billion uh, sorry dollars uh, this year in podcast revenue. So more, um, you know, the, there's the kind of information, education, entertainment type podcasts. Uh, and then there's the branded content type podcasts. And both areas seem to be going really, really well. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the fact that we've certainly been able to, particularly through lockdown, actually work with brands and categories that perhaps wouldn't have considered mm. using audio as a medium before, but as a really effective way to communicate with customers and consumers. So, yeah, I'd say it's in root health and there's there's plenty of opportunity for growth still. It was um, one of the sessions that came out of Upfronts was, uh, and I forget who said it, but they, they were saying for people that look at things like TV sponsorships, you know, that they're, they're big, lots of people are after and they're usually expensive. When you look at the numbers, actually, comparably, there are podcast shows, the likes of Jesse Ware and Adam Buxton and the real big hitters that will do similar numbers to telly. And, you know, these people that come back week after week, you know, it's that very sort of similar mechanics. I, I really feel like certainly over the last year, that how podcasts are perceived, certainly by agencies and, and buyers, ha- has changed a little bit. It really has gone up a few gears. I agree. And, you know, we were having conversations early on with some of the buyers who were probably comparing podcasts too much to TV and radio mm. and traditional media mm. and trying to think about just the numbers and the reach and or, you know, the listening figures. Um, but... In terms of value, yeah, for a client as a communication medium, the quality of audience you're getting and engagement, you know, we all know that over 90% of podcasts, you know, it's a solo listen, yeah. it's very immersive, mm. you know, we lean in to that listen, we're often not doing other things, actually. I, I mean, I, as a, you know, as an avid radio listener, I can do other things. As a podcast listener, I tend not to, unless I'm running yeah, or walking right. off. But, yeah. you know, I can't mm. I can't look at a screen and listen to a podcast. I just mm. can't. So when I'm listening, I'm totally immersed. So from an engagement perspective, it, you know, it offers huge value with sponsorship, you know, with live reads, you know, or, or even straightforward advertising. So I think, yeah, agencies are looking for more and more opportunities to buy into podcast audiences. We've talked lots on on this podcast about, well, and during lockdown to different businesses who had to pivot and do things differently. Um, we should touch on that because, um, you know, you're not you're not a huge, huge business like a global. How how was it? Um, how was it in lockdown when the kind of the money stopped and, and people started doing different things? Yeah, it was, it was an interesting time, as you can imagine, you know, fairly early in our evolution. Yeah. In In one way... It was challenging. And in another way, actually, it was an amazing opportunity because what happened was a lot of clients that had previously relied on video and digital suddenly couldn't. And obviously the fact that with audio you can record remotely, uh, you don't have to be in the same room. Mm. It's fairly low production costs relative to, you know, video or, you know, filming adverts and... Um, it's very flexible, so it, it it opened a lot of opportunities for us. And you know, we were you know a, a great example was the NHS. We worked early on with the NHS during lockdown, and they wanted to create some content initially aimed at key workers, but then expanded it out to everybody. Mm. And we were able to track some really, you know, exciting people to guest on those podcasts as well for the NHS because of because of the cause. But I think 
you know, what happened was, as, as you, you will know, everybody bought a microphone. Yeah. Lots of people were available. Um, I think my biggest regret about lockdown was we did some we did some fantastic work last year with the Seychelles and um, oh, wow. Kyle, who's our who's our head of content. Yeah, I'm mm. sure you'd have loved to have gone to the Seychelles <laughs> to work on those soundscapes. But, you know, the work was done remotely. Oh, well, and saving a fortune in the process. And, you know, Kyle's doing his bit for... Um, for his carbon footprint as well with all yeah, things exactly. around COP, COP26. Exactly. Um, you, you, you talked about um, a, a regret there. As a, as a business owner, as a, as a founder, is there anything when you look back, you know, all the way to 2018 that you think, God, I wish I'd done that differently or if I had my time again, I'd do something else? It's always a learning journey. Hmm. You know, you start with what you think the client is going to want to buy and then you start to learn through those conversations. Hmm. I think we were very early talking about voice search. Yeah. And we are still talking about voice search, but perhaps that as a as an area or a pillar of our business didn't evolve as quickly as the others purely because everybody's kind of waiting for Google to properly <laughs> pin their colors to the mast. You know, yeah, yeah. there is there's lots you can do to be voice ready and to um complement your current search strategy, but we thought early on that you know there would be a very defined set of products and skills there that you could you know you could sell on to a client but actually mm. that's been a perhaps a slower area but the other areas no I don't think so um we've just seen more opportunity yeah it's a good answer <laughs> everyone sort of feels like they've always got to be like oh god yeah like if I I would tell 21 year old me that I would do this but um it's a brilliant answer not work so hard actually that would be my other wow um <laughs> Um, and I wonder if there's anyone you, you kind of look up to or who do you go to for for advice? Is it other founders or people that you've worked with? There's so many people I admire. I go to lots of people for advice. I talk to lots of other founders and mm. MDs. Um, Mark Lee, who's the CEO of Communicore UK, Communicore are our, our main backer. Right. And so I'm immensely grateful to Mark. He and I worked together years ago at Global and <sighs> so... We had this conversation about VoiceWorks and the opportunity, and I was very fortunate. But he's a great mentor, extremely entrepreneurial. Mm. Um, so he's been useful. I learned a lot at Global, I think, from Ashley and Stephen because yeah, yeah, I admired yeah. the way I was. I was there before Global bought the business, so went through a merger and then a takeover, and seeing what they did, how they shook everything up and mm. changed everything. And I love the fact that. They absolutely changed everything and it, it made it a really exciting. So I think I learned from that and yeah. I've learned my people skills from some of the um, great kind of HR professionals I've worked with in the past and coaches. So, you know, lot, I, I draw inspiration, yeah. I guess, from lots of people. And was there anything uh, from going from a, from a, a business like Global into a smaller outfit that you're running so was there anything that you changed about yourself as a uh, as a leader or things you just learned very quickly that were different yeah I think so I mean to start with obviously much smaller environment hmm. much smaller team so um and was it just I you really at the like, beginning you set it up uh, you set it up it as was you literally you... me and then yeah started wow. hiring so yeah it, it was yeah it was it was an interesting time <laughs> and I think I definitely, I definitely love to be part of a team right. and have a team mm. around me. So I'm very, very fortunate. I've managed to hire some fabulous people, mm. a lot of them from a radio background because I wanted people that 
understood audio. Yeah. If you understand how to run a radio station, you know how to get an audience, keep an audience, keep them coming back from all the tricks that yeah, you use in radio. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, oh, I've, I've learned so much and I've definitely changed my style. I think, I think I've relaxed more. I was so driven yeah. and goal yeah. orientated and I still absolutely am. But I've realised that, you know, I have to know when to switch off now and, you know, when good is enough mm. rather than everything being perfection. <laughs> I, I'm very um, I'm very obsessed by how things look and design and detail to the point where, you know, initially I wasn't letting a deck go out of the door right. unless yeah. I'd, you know, <laughs> tweaked it to within an inch of its life. And I just realised I have to stop doing that. I have to stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the beauty of hiring good people as well, because then they, yeah. you know, they're brilliant. They'll they'll, they'll worry about it. Um, yeah. uh, l- last question from me: uh, b- brands, buyers, people that are listening to this podcast, thinking, "God, I really, f- I, 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 I like the buzz around podcast. I feel like I should be doing something with skills. Uh, I like the sound of the the sports stuff." W- what is your advice for them in terms of you know h- how do you get into this? How do you try it? Do you need to be a brand who's got you know long legs? in audio or or can it be anyone and and how do you go about getting into it it can be absolutely anybody you know we always start with saying you know what is your current strategy what are your objectives and then you build it into that so you can take audio and build it into your digital social video strategy you can start by putting audio in places where you already have content so whether that's your website Mm. your app um, you can create the new channels like for Alexa and Google, to distribute it. But you can do it in stages. You don't have to do everything at once. Yeah. But it's it's great to start. And it it's important to think about how your brand sounds. What I would always say is the biggest test you can do is ask Alexa or Google about your business or your ah, brand nice. and see what answer you get. Yeah, because nice. it's, it's all very well having a beautiful logo and mm. a font and a, a colour palette, but you're not in control of your brand when it comes to voice and audio. And if you ask the digital assistant, if you don't have an audio presence, you're going to get the digital assistant reading a wiki page or something off your website in a very clunky voice. And it just doesn't represent your brand values. And that's the first thing that I would get hold of if I was a brand. It's just start by putting some FAQs on your website, which are audio. You know, there's there's very small steps. And then there's obviously big projects you can do. I love it. That's just such good advice because I think we just agonise, as you say, over and we spend lots on SEO and being discovered and the colours and all the rest of it. But what what a kind of oversight that you would ask me and, and you're going to let a algorithm effectively uh, decide what they say. Love it. Um, Sophie, thank you so much for giving me some time this afternoon. Um, I, I, I've loved chatting. It just sounds like uh, you're onto a brilliant thing at VoiceWorks. So just wishing you all the best. Thank you, James. It's been a real pleasure. The IAB UK podcast. Sophie Hind from VoiceWorks there. And I love uh, a kind of a happy ending uh, in the sense that Sophie said it herself. They felt very, very early in 2018. And despite all her best instincts and insight from all of that time in radio that this thing in audio and voice was going to be big... um, it, it, it's really hard at the start when you've got this new thing and you're utterly convinced by it, but you're, uh, you're you're coming up against other challenges to why. But, you know, we've seen all the behaviour in lockdown. We've seen the growth uh, in podcasts and the revenue coming with it. 
the fact that we've spent more time than ever before with voice assistants and smart speakers uh, and that brands really do now understand why having uh, a sonic signature or your or your sonic brand is as important as things that you see on a screen it does feel like they're set up uh, in a really good place and none of that being early has gone to waste at all um, we've got lots more guests coming up in this founder series from now until the end of the year and if you want to listen to uh, any of the other founders that we've talked to on this podcast you can find them all at iabuk.com uh, or wherever you're listening to this episode but for now it's a massive thanks for listening from me and we'll see you next time iabuk building a sustainable future for digital advertising 